Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 45, Matt LePay, the voice of the Badgers. 6.30, this hour, we'll be talking green and gold. Yeah, the Packers versus the Panthers with Jim Osarski for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. So we got a hell of a lineup, if I do say so myself. Uh, last night, I watched some Thursday night football. Makes sense, doesn't it? Thursday was last night, and Thursday night football was being played. You don't get a chance to see it. You were working last night, huh? Uh, yeah, I was out driving. Do you, do you uh, mind telling everybody what you do besides working here? Oh, no, not at all. I'm an Uber driver. How cool is that, man? I enjoy it, yeah. How long have you been doing it? Uh, just about three months now. I, I started doing it when I was still living in Milwaukee and then moved out here, and I figured it'd be a good way to learn how to Get around the city. I don't know if you know this. Lots of one ways in Madison. Kind of yeah, confusing. It, oh, I can understand fully. And I've lived here for like 50 plus years, but I still get lost at times yeah. or forget that I can't go a certain direction without a bit of a challenge. Yeah. So that's what you're, you're, you found trying to get around town. Oh yeah. And the construction doesn't help right, right by uh, Johnson and Gorham. Sure, there's all that construction. Sure. So that, that's always fun. So how busy out. were you last night? Just, was this a typical Thursday night? Uh, no, it was actually a little bit busier. Thursdays are pretty good usually, but uh, the cold weather is definitely making pe- more people consider taking an Uber rather than walking a couple miles. So even uh, so, even students on campus will use Uber. Oh, definitely. Yeah, they'll definitely use it. Um, a lot of times, the big one is like there's a class change, I guess, around two o'clock, and kids will always just will they'll order an Uber and they'll ask to go from their house to class or from their class to house or to wherever they're going that afternoon. I'm just curious now. I'm. You, you definitely piqued my curiosity. Okay. What about a game day, like Saturday with the Hawkeyes in town, a 3 o'clock start? Will you be working that as a Uber driver or not? I haven't done one yet, but I, I, I've i been told that those are pretty good times to drive. Uh, so last night you were just hanging out at the airport? Yeah, mostly. It's, it's easy to get rides because people need to get picked up, taken sure, where they sure. need to go. So you enjoy it? Yeah, I do. Uh, it's it's a fun way to meet people, and you get to have good conversations, especially when you're picking people up from the airport. You ask them where they're coming in from, why they're in town, all that good stuff. So have you done any early morning, late nights? Uh, earliest, yeah, I did. Um, at my old radio job, I, I had a, did a morning show on Saturdays, so I, I worked one Friday night. I got done calling a high school football game. I drove from about 10.30 until I had to leave to go to the morning show at 5, and then I drove over to Fort Atkinson, and I did that. Can it be a little dicey, like early morning? Because I don't want to stereotype, but probably people have been overserved in some cases. That is true. Yeah, it can be. Uh, I'm pretty lucky in that respect. I haven't had any issues so far. Cool. Uh, so fingers crossed, I guess. Yeah, I think it's a fascinating line of work, especially over the last few years when it yeah. really exploded. I mean, really exploded. Definitely. I mean, a lot of people. It's just a part of their their daily life now. You know, they they don't drive. They get the Uber to the grocery store and then over to their friend's house and then back home. It's just so, how they do it. One more question. Sure. I'll get off this topic. All right. So if someone likes you specifically sure. here in Madison, can yep. they request you? Um, That's a good question. I don't think there's a way to do it in the app, but I have heard of people who Uber drivers who will print like business cards and they'll just essentially be like, if you need a ride today, uh, just 
text me, let me know where you are, okay. and then I'll come there. Because, you know, a lot of it is just sort of waiting for someone to need a ride. So if you know where they're going to be and, and when they need a ride, it's easier to go grab one. All right. So last night uh, you were making money, and I was just killing brain cells like I normally do on a Thursday <laughs> night uh, watching the National Football League. I thought it was a very entertaining game. That's not what draw drew me in uh, to the game itself. Uh, it was former Badgers. I love watching former Badgers. Why wouldn't you want to sure. watch some former Badgers? Um, and uh, In addition to that, a couple of former Badgers scored. So why don't we – why don't we do the, the two sound bites and then we'll talk some more on right. the end of it. All right? Let's Sounds just play good. them. Third down and one. Carr, roll to throw. And there's a penalty flag diving for the end zone. Touchdown pending the penalty. Alec Ingold, the receiver. The Raiders are indicating this is against the Chargers. Offside, number 71 defense is lined up in the neutral zone. That penalty is declined. The result of the play, touchdown. Yeah, it's a touchdown. It's good to go. Rivers five on the play clock. This is a run. Gordon hit at the line of scrimmage, pushing the pile and waiting for a signal. Touchdown, Chargers. Melvin Gordon, three-yard run, and the Chargers have the lead. MG3. So there you had it, Alec Engel scoring his first touchdown in the NFL and a short pass from Derek Carr and then MG3 getting into the end zone. Uh, final numbers, uh, Melvin Gordon had 22 carries for 108 yards. Uh, Philip Rivers was he was spotty last night, 17 of 31 for 207, a couple of picks, uh, three uh, five sacks. It just wasn't very good. I think he got inserted three times. Let me correct that. So two touchdowns, three picks, five sacks. Derek Carr, 21 of 31 for 218, um, and Ingle, as I said, finally got into the end zone. Uh, they like him a lot there. Yeah, they like you had two Badger fullbacks playing. On the same field, you had Derek Watt for San Diego. San Diego. You have Derek Watt playing for the Chargers. See, what I got to do is just remind myself: never, ever mention Los Angeles and or then San Diego. So just refer always to the Chargers as the Chargers. Yeah. And I won't sound as stupid as I do. Fortunately, a lot of other people sound as stupid as I do because they can't get San Diego out of their mind when they talk Chargers football. Uh, it's hard. I mean, because. It's not like they've got a great footprint no, in L.A. Like, they, no. they still feel like the San Diego and Chargers. We heard earlier in this week that there's already rumors that uh, if the league ever does put a team in London, <laughs> that would be the team. That would be the candidate. And that oh, drew some angry responses from team management. But back to the former Badgers playing. So you had Watt on one side playing fullback, Engel on the other, and then Melvin Gordon. Uh, finally starting to get into some sort of rhythm. Now the final score in that game, um, Oakland, soon to be Las Vegas, uh, Held off the Chargers 26-24. I believe every loss this year that the Chargers have suffered has been by seven points or less. Really? So what does that tell you? Does it tell you that they're so close to being really good or did they just don't have enough talent to get over the hump in the final minutes of games? Well, I think a lot of it's been that Melvin Gordon has struggled and they've had to well, deal got, with... got you know the late start, Yep, which didn't help, that's for sure. And then I think Phillip Rivers, I, th- I was listening to the radio this morning when I came in and a lot of the conversation is: Is this is this getting towards the end for Philip Rivers? And it's not a good question. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, like the stats speak for themselves. He had a rough night last night. When you get outdueled by Derek Carr, it's it's hard to come back from that. Carr's probably underrated. You think? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I, I think he's more serviceable than people give him credit for. The thing about last night's game too is uh, Daniel Carlson, Carlson missed the extra point. Yeah. So here are the Chargers. They have the ball. They have enough time to drive into field goal position. Badgley's a good field goal kicker, but they couldn't get it done. It goes back to Rivers. He didn't look comfortable in the pocket at all. I'm not quite sure if 
if he doesn't have full trust in people he's throwing to or playing with, or that maybe it's just a sign of age. Right? Could be. Could be all of the above, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When we come back, um, there's a developing story with the Carolina Panthers that I wasn't aware of until this morning, quite frankly. Um, it could factor into Sunday's game against the Green Bay Packers. We'll talk about that next on Lucas in the Morning. A couple years ago when I came back off the collarbone, they were doing a lot of seven-up stuff and, and really testing your protection schemes. Maybe now with McCoy in there and Poe and, and they're two uh, really good Russians, you know, it's not as much of that stuff because they feel good about getting after you with that four-man pressure, but they still have good pressure schemes and really good coverage, a lot of eye discipline on the back end, a lot of vision to the quarterback. Uh, it's a talented defense and they play well together. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers with the scouting report, a little preview of what Rodgers expects to see out of the Panthers' defense on Sunday. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning with Big Bad John on the keyboard. Uh, speaking of the Panthers' defense, this caught me a little bit off guard and hadn't been paying a whole lot of attention to Carolina personnel. Uh, but I read a story today about uh, a rush-in, a 10-year vet, Mario Addison. He wears number 97, um, and he's dealing with a little bit of adversity. Uh, his brother, his younger brother, I was shot and killed uh, in Birmingham, Alabama on October 27th. Uh, Mario Addison, who uh, is one of you know, the leading sack people in the NFL, spent all of last week with the family. So he missed the Panthers game with Tennessee. Uh, the team honored him. This was, this was kind of special. During the game itself, they brought out his 97 jersey and just draped it on one of the sideline benches. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Right, that's a little support yeah. of their of their brother, and um, having won the game, uh, Ron Rivera did something special uh, during the post game in the locker room. Let's listen. Like I said earlier, before we got started, we've we've gone through a lot. We've had a lot of guys go through a lot. I'm gonna go ahead and dedicate this one to Mario. Okay? Yeah. 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 And you really gotta understand that, you know, a lot of guys have gone through a lot of tough things. All right, so just so you guys understand that. We'll get together tomorrow. There's some other game balls to be handed out, but it was a hell of a victory. You guys played together as a team. You came together as a team. You stayed together as a team. And that's the most important thing. So come on in, team. Let's break it down. One, two, three, It's a little extra motivation uh, for the Panthers. He took the game ball to his mother. Um, was very pleased that his teammates would be thinking of him at, in a, in a kind of real tough time in his life. Uh, Mario Addison played at Troy. Was undrafted, free agent. Signed by the Bears, bounced around a little bit with the Colts, uh, the Skins. Found a home with Carolina. Uh, this year, uh, he has six and a half sacks. He had three against Kyler Murray. Oh, wow. Three against Kyler Murray, two against Deshaun Watson. So two more mobile quarterbacks in the NFL. He was able to track them down. Uh, last year had nine sacks. 2017, 11 sacks. 2016, he led the team with nine and a half sacks. So he's played 118 games with 52 career sacks. So it's not beyond the realm of possibility that he could be harassing Aaron Rodgers on Sunday at some point. And he said, he said this yesterday, and it wasn't at all arrogant or showy. He said, if he gets a sack of Aaron Rodgers, he's going to do something special in honor of his brother. Yeah. At following, which you got to admire that, right? Absolutely. I mean, really tough time that he's going through and, and, Getting back to some normalcy, getting back to playing some football, and, and you know, hit trying to sack Aaron Rodgers, it 
you got to give it to him if he get if he gets one. Let him have his moment. You I know? gotta be. I didn't. I didn't know anything about him, Mario Addison. No. And I just gave you his number, so he's he's been prominent enough, at least with Carolina, that he's been one of the better pass rushers in the league. That I didn't know anything about. And I'm not sure how many other people did. Obviously, yeah. Rogers did when he gave us that little preview on the defense and what he expects. I mean, everybody knows Luke Keekley, right? Who's is one of the better linebackers, but Mario Addison. It'll be interesting to follow the course of this game and how he handles the emotions of getting back on the field for the first time since his brother uh, was killed. Yeah, that's going to be. I I can't even imagine how emotional that's going to be for him. So it's it's going to be interesting. And yeah, I think you're right. It's kind of fun to, to learn something about someone you didn't really know on the field before because there's so many players like that on teams. Well, it's, a, just, it's a sidebar. It's 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 the story within the story, the yeah. game within the game. That while you're following the Packers, oh, 97. Yep. Didn't his brother just pass away? Uh, didn't he spend the last week with his family and this is his first game back? Yep. How is he going to handle the emotion of the moment? The emotion of the moment more so than anything else? Yeah. How are the Packers going to handle being a four-and-a-half-point favorite? I mean, this is a significant game because they're coming up on a bye and they're, and they're coming off a loss, yeah. right? So you want to see how they're going to respond. I bet uh, Tom Silverstein at Twix – that they're going to more than easily cover. And that's my opinion. I'm not sure. A lot of people think it's going to be closer than the than what you would anticipate. There, there's just a lack of knowledge about Carolina in general, I think, beyond the fact that Cam Newton's done. He's done playing there. Nobody knows anything about Kyle Allen. Nobody knows anything about Kyle Allen. Yeah, and I guess they're going to find tell out. Tell me everything you know about Kyle Allen. His name is Kyle Allen. I, don't even, I couldn't even tell you his name. last Sunday, right? Yeah, yeah that, that was kind of fun. Well, what we'll do, uh, we'll uh, step aside and let somebody who talks knows about the Packers uh, because he covers the Packers, um, Jim Osarski. Why don't we uh, clear the table and bring in Jim Osarski next? Is that fair? Sounds like a plan to me. It might be a little bit early, but we can talk a little bit more about Jim and some of the matchups yeah. between the Panthers and the Packers. That's coming up next. Jim Osarski, one of our green and gold insiders from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Stay tuned. Much more coming up on Lucas in the Morning. This is an important one for us to bounce back. I think that's the main focus. Obviously, we know what's coming after this week, and we know what's coming after that week as well. You know, this is an important one for us to get back on track, a home game. Uh, you know, we've been good at home this year. We're 4-1 and, you know, excited about the weather. You know, the colder the better, I say, this time of year. We can set ourselves up to be in a position to play some really meaningful games in December, but we got to take care of the ones at home. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, welcome back to Lucas in the Morning. Joining us now from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, one of our green and gold insiders, Jim Osarski. Jim is brought to you by Metro Ford and Metro Kia of East Madison. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. Let's talk about your byline story uh, today. Packers offense gets golden chance to restore balance against Panthers. Why don't you tell us about your reporting and the gist of what you wrote? Yeah, you know, it's... um... The, the Chargers game, I'm like, was, was uh, kind of a culmination of the last couple of weeks, you know, really since the Detroit game, where the, the Packers kind of got away from handing the ball off to Jamal Williams and, and Aaron Jones. And, and while we've, you know, kind of got caught up in, you know, Jones catching the ball a punch and, and Williams too, um, you know, this offense really is about, you know, being run first to some degree, even if they're not 
in a ton of yards. I mean, that, the play action game, the boot game, all work off of that. And I think that just kind of came to a head in LA. And, and I think, uh, you know, what, what, Aaron Rodgers dropped back 39 times against the Chargers. And, you know, that that's not who this Packers team is. So I think, um, yeah, I think Sunday we might see, you know, Matt LaFleur be a little more diligent, I guess, in getting those running backs involved. Jim, do you think, too, as the weather gets colder and the Packers play games in Lambeau, uh, that it just behooves them to try to establish the run uh, before they, they do anything else because of the play-action series that you've talked about? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, weather obviously will be a factor, although, you know, of of all of them, you know, the quarterback has played the most games <laughs> in this right. in this type of situation, you know, so you've got a guy who's who's thrown it around quite a bit when it gets cold and, you know, um I I guess Adams is probably the the one guy who's caught the most. You know, some of these are and probably Jonathan else, some of these receivers are still in their first or second year, and you know, last season, Mike, I, I, you know, it didn't really get like this until the Packers were were long done with their season. So, but no, you're right, though. I mean, look, it it it's a, it is a little easier to get things going, get warmed up, if you will, <laughs> if you're if you're starting it up on the ground. Jim, what role does Danny Vitale have in this offense? I watched him play at Northwestern. He was the quote unquote super back there. Uh, but how does Lafleur look at Vitale, and what does he want out of him? Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, heading in, um, you know, Matt LaFleur insisted, hey, the, the fullback's important, which is true because Vitaly made the team, right? And he's still here. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. He's not one of those guys that kind of gets shuffled on and off the roster, um, you know, as the year goes on. So the fullback matters. Um, I, I think it's, I don't know if, if we're still looking for an opportunity to use him on a regular basis, if it's just, you know, they, they just have liked the matchups. I mean, the couple times they've, I guess, features the wrong word because he's never really touched the ball a ton. But I think they've found chances to split him out maybe and maybe pull a linebacker out of there and, and work some stuff off of him. But you're right, though. I mean, I, I you know, they haven't found a good way to use him uh, on a regular basis. So uh, I, I think it's a good question. I think they, they like him. They value him, his skill set. Uh, as a pass receiver, for sure. Um, but maybe the fact that he's not a, a old-school downhill runner blocker um, limits him a little bit because uh, you just haven't seen him used, I guess, the way maybe we thought coming out of camp. We're talking with Jim Osarski from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. 
The Hawkeyes will be in Camp Randall Stadium on Saturday, the last time they made a trip to Madison. Wisconsin won the game 38-14. The only scores for the Hawks were pick sixes by Josh Jackson, which leads me to how is he being utilized and why hasn't he played more since the Packers drafted him in the second round? Yeah, I mean, you talk about a, a fall from grace to a degree. Here's a kid who, you know, started, what, nine games last year and was inactive against the Chargers. And, yeah, I, I wrote about him earlier in the year, you know, the first quarter of the season when he wasn't being wasn't playing. And he's like, well, you know, I'm waiting, you know, biding my time. And, you know, that there's a difference between sort of coming off the bench, if you will, and just not even suiting up. So we asked Mike Patton about it, and Pet. You know, there's no BS there. I mean, he flat out said, look, the kid came in hurt in training camp and fell behind Shannon Sullivan and Will Redmond and never caught up. So there was that. Um, And then basically admitted the guy doesn't have a position. You know, he's played outside corner. He said he was transitioning to the nickel spot in camp and felt good about him there. And, you know, Tremont Williams essentially beat him out. Um and really just don't have a home for him, which I thought was refreshingly honest. It, yeah, very true, but, but also a little bit concerning because they drafted him as high as they did. Now, look, he was a one-year one year starter uh, with the Hawkeyes, and it was a heck of a year in 2017. It was the Big Ten defensive back of that year. He had eight interceptions, 18 passes defended, and I just loved his, his ball skills, his instincts. Now, I went back and looked at one of the – the scouting reports on him before the draft, and some scouts questioned, believe it or not, like hip fluidity, all right? They, you know, they love to talk in those terms. And whether uh, he was able to match up with the more elite receivers, has that been a factor in his inability to get on the playing field now? It has to be. I mean, you're talking about, you know, he, he can't beat out Will Redmond and, and Shannon Sullivan right. in practice. Right, you know, and and look, everybody loves Tremont Williams, but Tremont Williams is also in his mid thirties at the, at this point, and you can't beat that guy out right at 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 nickel. So you're right. I mean, it 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 feels like this was a huge whiff on Brian Gutekunst's part, um, you know, because the guy can't even participate on special teams. Exactly, you know, special teams group that really hasn't been that great. You know, so no, I, I guess it's a good one. I, I mean, we'll see. I, I don't think they'll give up on the kid. You know, Williams specifically. Um, you know, his contract's coming up. I mean, he's a guy. I mean, how long can he keep playing? Um, so maybe Josh Jackson's time has to come in camp again. But you're right, though. It is um, clearly he's not doing some things in practice even to, to warrant just a few snaps in a rotation of, of playing time. Well, let's stay with the defense, Jim. Uh, are the Packers satisfied that they're getting the most out of Kenny Clark? You know, I. it's interesting because I, I think to a degree, yes. Um, you know, I think another thing Mike Patton said was, you know, teams know who Kenny Clark is now, so he's getting double teamed. You know, and now there's that sort of next level of, do you want to be an all-pro? Well, if you are you got to beat double teams, right? Aaron Donald, Geno Atkins, you know, Gerald McCoy, et cetera, right? I mean, the reason we know those guys by name is because they they do those things. So I think there's an adjustment for Clark. He's also playing banged up. I mean, that calf injury I think is real. Um, you know, he's dealt with a back at times. 
So I, I think he's, he's kind of gotten some stuff out. So I, I do think they, they feel his presence has allowed the Smiths to get some of those sacks. Um, but I think for Clark, it's a little bit of, you know, uh, where's, where's the next move in the chess game? And I think he's trying to figure that out a little bit, especially as he deals with some physical stuff. So how do you see this game playing out? I, I really don't know enough about Kyle Allen to, to know if he'll be able to handle the type of pressure the Packers hope to get on him. I don't think the league does yet because the sample size is too small. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, obviously they've been winning since he's taken over. Um, however, you know, Norv Turner has been smart enough to say, hey, kid, uh, hand it to Christian McCaffrey, uh, throw it to Christian McCaffrey, and when in doubt, uh, do it again. <laughs> you know, um, they, they haven't really stressed him in that way. I mean, D.J. Moore's the leading wide receiver, and he has about as many catches as the running back. So, um, yeah, 5-1, he's won some games on the road. He, I think he's played a game in New Orleans last year in relief of Cam Newton. So, I mean, it, he's kind of experienced in that way. Um, but I think he fits the mode of some of these other quarterbacks they've played earlier in the year, Mike. I mean, this isn't Philip Rivers or Carson Wentz, right? I, you know, can they can they bottle up McCaffrey enough where at the end of the game this kid's got to make some plays? And if that's the case, I feel the Packers probably feel pretty good about that. I'm right with you, right? yeah. Absolutely. The, yeah. the lack of experience and the lack of playmaking ability, we don't know for sure. Um if he's going to be a sustainable quarterback or he's just a game manager filling a void now, right? That that seems to be part of it. No, for sure. For sure, absolutely. You know, and I think we're going to see the same thing we've seen the, since Philadelphia, which is a lot of the running back, um, a running game, and then Greg Olson, the tight end, <laughs> catching passes. I mean, you know, the, the, the skill guys Carolina has and the way they've been running offense since Allen took over is, you know, dink and dunk. You know, he's going to get sacked. He's been dropped 20 times. You know, they don't want him turning the ball over. Their one loss was he, he, he threw it up and was picked, what, three times against the 49ers. They don't want that. So I, I think um, for the, the Packers, it's can you keep Olsen and McCaffrey from totally running wild? And then, you know, maybe pick the kid off, maybe get a key third down sack here or there, and then get that offense, you know, back on track as well and you kind of you kind of find that winning formula which is hey um win 28 21 you know and and uh, when you you talk to me in a couple weeks about the 49ers you wonder if the run game's been fixed (laughs) it'll look the same again you know good enough have a good weekend we'll talk to you on monday morning we'll recap the game thanks thanks jim sounds good jim osarski is brought to you by metro ford and metro kia of east madison when we come back i've got a couple items for the truth being stranger than fiction. That's next, Lucas in the Morning. Listen, I, I, I'm a fan of basketball as well, you know, not just a coach. And so I, I feel for that, you know, I understand that. We obviously have to do what's right by our players. You know, we have to, it's our, it's our duty. And for a fan, it's just, it's really a tough one. And there's no answer, there's no correct answer that I'm going to give you that will satisfy that person that you're talking about. So that was Doc Rivers talking about one of the more unpopular 
topics in the NBA right now, and that's load management. Welcome back to Lucas and Learning with Big Bad John on the board. Uh, the NBA decided to fine Rivers $50,000 for some statements he made the other day on Kawhi Leonard. Oh, Here's geez. what he told reporters, okay, quoting, he feels great, but he feels great because of what we've been doing. We just got to continue to do it. There's no concern here. We want to make sure Kawhi made the statement that he has never felt better. It's our job to make sure he stays that way. End of quote. Well, it kind of contradicts the idea that Leonard is still battling back from an ongoing knee injury, which is what the league stance is and how it justifies Leonard not playing against the Bucks, right? So, th- so then on top, so they find Rivers fifty grand. That's so bad. I mean, doesn't you- that? Don't the optics matter anymore? As a coach, you've got to understand, like, you are getting special treatment from the league for your superstar. You can't then tell them everything's fine. They're letting you rest him because they're going off of the assumption that everything is not fine. Well, this is on top of the fact that the league two years ago passed a rule stating teams can't rest healthy players in high-profile, nationally televised games. And he sat out two back-to-back, two Wednesday night games. So with Leonard in the lineup last night, uh, guess what? Clippers won. They beat the Blazers. What did Leonard do? Well, he had 27 points in 33 minutes. Uh, here's the most unique thing about the box score from last night's game with the Clippers and Blazers. The three best players all took the same number of shots. Really? Yeah. So Lillard and McCallum, 9 of 23 from the field. Okay. Kawhi, 9 of 23 from the field. How's that happen? That's weird. That's fun. You can make a lot of money, I bet, in Vegas if you has any type of bet like that. If you got that, everyone's going to go 9 of 23. Yeah, Lillard 22, McCallum 22, and as I said, Kawhi had 27 points and 13 rebounds. Just uh, for the sake of Badger fans, uh, Frank Kaminsky in his duel with Tyler Hero lost. Miami beat the Suns. Tyler Hero came off the bench, scored 15 points in 29 minutes. Frank the Tank came off the bench and had three points in 17 minutes. I thought he was going to get more playing time. Yeah. Phoenix, apparently that's not going to materialize. Aaron Baines is... is taking a lot of his minutes, yeah. I think. Aaron Baines has been playing like well. All right, so sometimes I, I mentioned to you before we got out of the last segment, the truth is just stranger than fiction. It's just stranger than fiction. So I'm going to read you a couple headlines, and you can raise your hand on what you think is weirder. All right. Okay? Or stranger. I said you should probably stick with the theme. Hall of Fame receiver Chris Carter and Fox Sports part ways. This caught me off guard this week. Yeah, same. I saw that last time. We just time. played a Chris Carter uh, song we did, last, last week. week, didn't we? I guess so, that was from his last show. Or... I, I think it's. I think Chris Carter um, is high maintenance. Yeah. That's, that's that's always been my sense of Chris Carter as a broadcaster, maybe even as the player. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame receiver. But apparently he was not getting along with management. They had some disagreements. So he's gone, just like that. Yeah. He's on that one of the morning shows, uh, First Things First, or whatever they call that show. Yeah, uh, I think it's the First Things First. Yeah. yeah so say goodbye to Chris Carter. He'll find work someplace else. I'm oh, sure. Oh, I'm sure he will. Headline: Deion Sanders emerges as candidate for Florida State football coaching job. Not like assistant coach. He's yeah. a candidate to be the new head coach at Florida State. And they were saying, I was listening in the morning again. They were ragging on it. No, no head prior head coaching experience. No. No. Yeah. Does that make any sense whatsoever to you? It does not. Doesn't it seem a little bit strange that here, Florida State is firing a coach after 21 games, and they go get somebody who has not coached, period? No. Nah, I'll does... be the first one to tell you I was wrong on Herm Edwards. Sure. I think he's done a pretty good job, and I didn't know if he could make the transition to college football right. after being an analyst, um, after being a pro coach, but that was the difference. He was an NFL head coach, Herm Edwards. Yeah. 
not Dion. I like Dion. Yeah. He's, he's comic relief. We can't, when, if you're a Florida State booster, you're saying, this is the route we're going? Right. We're paying this other dude $19 million to, to take a hike, and we're going to go after Deion Sanders? Yeah, not not a great move. All right, one last one. All it's right. A stranger than fiction. Fire it up again. Here we go. So there's a high school coach by the name of Rob Shaver. He coaches uh, football at Plain Edge High School in New York. Uh, his team won 61-13. Last week, um, and the head coach has been suspended and will miss his next team's game because the margin of victory exceeded the Nassau County limit of 42 points. So they have a rule, get this, that states the coach must explain to a committee how he made adjustments to avoid increasing the score. So the committee determined, some people sitting in the room determined that he should have pulled his starters entering the final quarter. Oh, wow. All right. Uh, and, he, and the coach replied that he had some concern that the opponent might rally. He was concerned about that. He's the first coach to be suspended by this rule. That's it's a 42-point rule. That's incredible. And it, you know they they've done it to kind of eliminate running up the score and the psychological effect blowouts have on players from the losing team. Sure. Where are we headed with this? Not not great. Not great. I had did you had ever heard of something like that? No. I mean. Like we do, Why do we need you get a this? running clock, right? Just it end the game a, it faster. It was sixty-one thirteen. Yeah, it's not. I mean, how that's can you just, just arbitrarily say forty-two points? That's just terrible. That you have to do everything you can to not score anymore. That's bad. Wow, is it, was I accurate? Was it true? Sometimes a little bit stranger. A little than, bit, a little bit stranger than, than fiction. fiction. All right, second hour of the show. Andy Bag at seven fifteen, seven thirty. The captain, Josh Gosser, voice of the Badgers, Matt LePay, seven forty-five. Much more coming up. Lucas in the morning. Okay, patrons, it's time to grab a little slice of cake and put on that party hat because it's birthdays, dead or alive. Here's Uncle Lukey. Thank you very much, Eddie Gaga. Do you like country music? Love country music. So you heard of Bonnie Raitt? Of course. She's 70 years old today. Is she really? 70. 70 years old today. There she is. People have heard it. Once she gets started, people will have heard this. I would hope. Come on, buddy. Pick it up. Pick up the tempo. There we go. There it is. All right. So, Yasmani Grandal is 31 years old today. The latest speculation on the free agent is that he could be in line to make, I don't know, $68 million over four years with the Cincinnati Reds. Really? Yeah. The Reds are also interested in D.D. Gregorius. Okay. Well, that would definitely change their look. That'd be it? interesting. Grandel behind the plate, Gregorius at shortstop. Yeah. Well, keep an eye on that. See what happens. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton, 30 years old today. All right. It's 18 baseball day. games. All of 18 games last season. 59 at-bats because of injuries. Not what the Yankees were hoping for. Yeah, Stanton, who he hopes they sign in free agency. He said he'd like to sign Cole and Strasburg. <laughs> Strasburg and Cole. Ah, oh, the dang Yankees, of course. They, would, they probably yeah, could, they, couldn't they? They would be a double damn Yankees if they got both. All right, let's segue from Bonnie to Cure, the Cure Pearl Thompson, 61, today. Love this song. Do you? Oh, yeah. It's Wait, in one of my favorite movies of all time. Just the movie, okay. What? It's called, the movie's called About Time. It's got uh, Dom Hill Gleason and uh, Rachel McAdams in it. 
memorable it is, apparently, for to you at least. I like it. I'll tell you, a lot of Packer fans will remember the demon hitter in the secondary. Chuck Cecil is 55 today. All right. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Vicious hitter. He couldn't play with today's rules because it would just nullify what he meant. Uh, just a crunching hitter. Uh, it's now the intern uh, defensive coordinator at University of Arizona. They fired theirs. And huh. College Football Hall of Famer Chuck Cecil, 55. Sam Bradford, 32 years old. You talk about a guy that never lived up to expectations because yeah. of injuries. With Sam Bradford, number one overall pick, 2010. Number two was uh, Ndamukong Sue. Number 23 in the draft was a heck of a pick for the Packers. Is he still playing right tackle for him? Bulaga. Yeah. Bulaga. Yeah. Only two quarterbacks taken in that entire first round of 2010. Bradford wow. went number one. Number 25, Tim Tebow. <laughs> wow. Really only one How about that? Only one quarterback taken yeah. in that draft. All right, let's close out with a little Led Zeppelin. On this date, November 8, 1971, they released that album which included this hit song stairway to heaven big time big hit you a, you a fan of uh, cooking shows yeah gordon like ramsay shows. you wear him oh, i love gordon ramsay 53 today oh how about that what do you get out of watching a cooking show i mean tips or you just ah, i just it's I, I enjoy watching people who do something that i can't do i'm not a good cook and okay. it's cool to see like really good cooks uh this is national harvey wallbanger day are you a fan or not of Harvey Wallbanger, yeah, yeah, yeah. Harvey Keen. No, this was no the drink, the Harvey Wall. Oh Wallbanger, no, okay, right? no. Okay. Yeah, so which brought my attention to it because in 1982, the Brewers, you know, transitioned from Buck Rogers to Harvey Keen, and they were the Wallbangers. Yep. They hit 216 home runs that year. Um, compare that with the Minnesota Twins of this year with 307 wow. home runs, and the Yankees with 306. Totally different era. Yeah. Different baseballs too. I was a little surprised to learn that they used a different baseball in the postseason. That one yeah. that didn't fly as far, right? Why, why are they, why are they screwing around with that stuff? I, I, I mean, just if, if you're gonna play all season with the with the quote unquote juiced ball, yeah, have it in the playoffs. You know, just why, why would you do that? Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. All right, second hour bag at seven fifteen. Gosser seven thirty. Lapay seven forty five. Uncle Lukey's list coming up next on Lucas in the Morning. Good morning, patrons. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, what a beautiful morning. This is Lucas in the morning. I'm from the old school. I got a street knowledge. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? The show where the hot topics get doused with a bucket of cold water. Now, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Fasten your seatbelts and get ready for a radio ride. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here's Mike Lucas. Welcome to a Johnny Come Lately Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. John Adius on the road with volleyball. We'll return on Monday. 
In his place, Big Bad John. Big John. Every morning at the mine, you could see him arrive. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? Good. Uh, Last night, Chargers, Raiders. Raiders pull it out 26-24. A little Badger flavor involved in Thursday night football. MG3, Melvin Gordon, rushed 22 times for 108 yards. But he wasn't the only former Badger to get into the end zone. Third down and one. Carr, roll to throw. And there's a penalty flag, diving for the end zone. Touchdown, pending the penalty. Alec Ingold, the receiver. The Raiders are indicating this is against the Chargers. Offside, number 71, defense is lined up in the neutral zone. That penalty is declined, the result of the play, touchdown. Yeah, it's a touchdown. It's good to go. Yeah, it's good to go. Alec Ingold, first career touchdown, nine-yard pass from Derek Carr. Good to see both fullbacks representing the UW, Derek Watt. For the Chargers, in goal for the Raiders. On Sunday, of course, the Packers will play host to the Panthers. Uh, Matt LaFleur had a few things that he wanted to share with us. What we got out of Matt LaFleur today? All right, let's go with this. They care, and they want to do well. And I think certainly we nobody feels great about last week, but it, again, it's like any other week in the National Football League. On to the next one, win, lose, or draw. And so we got to make sure that our preparation is on point in order to put our best foot forward out there on Sunday. All right, so tying up Matt LaFleur and connecting the dots with Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers was asked this week at his media availability about just his sense of LaFleur and how he takes everything in stride, especially when it comes to his elite quarterback. Let's listen. I think what that does is create an environment of true accountability, where when we put on plays and that money meaning and good ones and bad ones, you know, there's an expectation of guys taking ownership of the mistakes. Whether it's me, you know, and a delay a game or a bad read or anybody else, you know, I think when you see him start it off, you got to follow suit. And I think it sets a really good precedent, and you know, that's, that's the standard. So it's been it's been nice. It really seems like the relationship is flourishing, doesn't it? It does, yeah. No, I mean, maybe if they lose two or three games in a row, it will. I, no, I don't think it will change. I think Aaron Rodgers has welcomed the uh, the younger head coach into his midst. And I just think he the, has. And the new, the freshness of it all. It, really, the freshness of it's of it all more so, and then than it being any type of knock on Mike McCarthy. It was just right. time. They had been together for so long. It was just time that um, you know he got the, the Packers had a different approach and a different attitude about the way they you know go about their business it's not to say that it was wrong or bad under mccarthy because it wasn't right right? it wasn't i mean there's a list of things i could talk about here regarding mccarthy and lafleur and rogers a list of things right so you hit the button now when i say there's a list of things here and you groan there you go it twice it's time for uncle lukey's list here's uncle listy Uh, i mean no uncle lukey all right, you need to groan with it when I bring that up. Oh, That's okay. Right. We'll do that another time. Okay. And, uh, many people have heard this little gig have, are groaning right now. Oh, is this where I play the Letterman music? Yeah. You oh, here we go. Here we go. Okay. There you go. Okay, we're here. That's all right. And so you, we already have the intro from from Eddie. <laughs> and so today's list is a uh, baseball list. Uh, Sil- Silver Slugger Awards were handed out. This goes to the best hitters that individual positions and Kristen Yelich once again wins the award it's his third to include the one in 2016 with the Miami Marlins he was the only Brewers player 
to be awarded a 2019 Silver Slugger. Yosemite Grandel, who we mentioned, is celebrating a birthday today, um, was not the winner. He was a finalist in the category, and so was Kesson Hero, who played only 84 games but was considered for the award itself. So the list of award, award winners, the outfield in the National League ain't bad. It's Christian Yelich, Cody Bellinger, and Ronald Acuna Jr., you probably win a lot of games with that, right? Yeah, you would. With that grouping, uh, Anthony Rendon, third base. Ozzie Albies of the Braves beat out here at second base. In the uh, American League, the outfielders who won silver sluggers, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, and George Springer. Okay. I think the one thing to follow this offseason with free agency is if Mookie Betts will move. Yeah. There's been some talk about that. There has, yeah. Wow. Wouldn't that be a catch if you could get Mookie Betts? I know. From the Red Sox? It just doesn't seem possible that they would take take somebody that good with so many tools, five to be exact, yeah. and take them off the roster for somebody else. There's no, one, no way you could replace a Mookie Betts, I don't think. It's got to be a money thing, right? Yeah, they're, they're trying to figure out personnel more so than anything else, how to balance that money thing. Sure. All right, so that's it for the list. Uh, what we'll do is uh, we'll come back. We'll talk a little Badger football, Badgers and Hawkeyes with Andy Baggett. Andy will join us next on Lucas in the Morning. Definitely what you do with every quarterback, you know, hit him. You know, definitely uh, try to get in his face as much as you can. Try to stop the run, you know, stop the run as best as you can. You know, that's, that's objective number one. And then if you get in his face, if you're making them run and throw in awkward positions, then you can, we can up front help out the DBs. You know, they do have really talented receivers, but, you know, I'm confident in our guys, confident in our game plan that, you know, we'll get the job done. That would be Wisconsin linebacker Chris Orr talking about some of the tactics potentially that the defense will use against Former cheesehead Nate Stanley, the Iowa quarterback. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning. Joining us from UWBadgers.com, Andy Baggett. Good morning. How you doing? I'm good. Of everything all right with you guys? Yeah, everything's okay. What kind of quarterback are we going to see out of Nate Stanley on this trip? A couple of years ago, he was very young and very unproven and untested. Well, first of all, is he a former cheesehead? Aren't you cheesehead by birth? Not if you're, not if you're wearing the black and gold of the Hawkeyes. Oh, you got to be okay. a former just cheesehead. Wanted, just, just wanted to kind of draw that line somewhere so we know exactly what we're talking about here. If I recall correctly, the last time he was here, he was he looked like a young a young quarterback who had a lot to learn and and uh, was not very accurate, was not very poised, was not very. Um, was not very together as, as you would like, but that was to be expected given his youth. But he had an awful lot of he has an awful lot of great tools, and you could see those tools. And Paul Chris saw those tools because he wanted him to come here and play Wisconsin. He wanted, I believe, he wanted him at uh, Pittsburgh. So I think he's uh, the tools have always been there, and I think they've become more refined. He's become more of a of a he's gotten better as a passer. He's gotten better in recognizing what needs to be done and what plays to get out in and out of. And, and, and he's just matured as a quarterback in, in a very tough league. He's a big quarterback. He's going to, he's not very easy to bring down. And I would think his, his, uh, his intimidation level in terms of being intimidated, um, has, has diminished greatly since the last time he was here. And I would think we'll see a pretty confident quarterback when he comes in. Andy, picking up on what Chris Orr was saying, that the number one priority has to be taking away the Iowa run. 
they have they have three tailbacks who are averaging combined over a hundred yards, but they 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 don't have Dobbins, right? So that has to be something the Badgers have to be really aware of, making Iowa more one dimensional than you know than they have been in the past. Well, I think we have matching game plans here, don't we? Yes. <laughs> I was going to want to stop Jonathan Taylor, and Wisconsin's going to want to stop the run somehow. You got to, you have to. This is one of those games where it's not very complicated. It just uh, two teams that uh, looking in the mirror see a lot of a lot of themselves in one another, and, and uh, controlling the line of scrimmage, being physical, uh, wanting to stop the run, forcing the what they believe to be the weaker option to try and beat you. And uh, that's that's what we're going to see. It's going to be cold. It's going to be um, it's going to be a, a, a absolute traditional Wisconsin Iowa game because it's uh, there's a lot at stake. There's some really good defenses on the field, really good players on the field, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Is this where a special teams mistake or special teams play could make the difference? We saw it last year at Kinnick Stadium, where Iowa was guilty of a couple of mistakes on the return unit, and the Badgers were able to capitalize. In games like this that you expect to be uh, low scoring and, and the way these defenses are ranked, the, where these defenses are ranked and the way they've performed up to this point, um, you would expect it to be a low scoring game. So you, you definitely expect special teams to, to, to be a factor. And it could be as simple as a, a really good punt uh, to, to flip the field in terms of where the where who's going to start where and and I think that uh, uh, it it might be a little bit more dramatic. We've seen dramatic on special teams. We've seen fake punts before uh, change the course of an outcome, and we've seen uh, some really important penalties being taken and and changing the course of the game. So uh, one would think that the special teams. If there's a draw in special teams, then it's then it's going to be an interesting game because it's going to come down to what we expect it to come down to: defense and who gets the who gets the biggest break. This is a reunion weekend uh, for Badger football. Members of a couple of championship teams, a couple of Rose Bowl teams, will get together tonight and will be introduced during the game on Saturday. Ninety-eight, ninety-nine teams. What what stands out? Is there any? In, Besides Ron Dane, what stands out to you about the personality and character of some of those players? The further we get away from that, those two games, those two seasons, the more, the more you appreciate what they did. I, I still think the '99 team was that '99 season was the most extraordinary season in Wisconsin history in the sense that so many there was so much buildup with Ron Dane's Heisman candidacy and and. Being a big ten, being the Big Ten champion in '98, winning the Rose Bowl as they did in an upset over UCLA, everybody expected them to be this uh, dominant team. They were a top five pick, if I'm not mistaken, to start the season, and they turn around and lose back to back games, one in Cincinnati and one at uh, one at home against Michigan, and, and everybody was writing them off. Ron Dane did, hadn't, did not get off to a great start, so everybody was writing him off, and I and I just find it amazing that this team started the season as a top 10 team, lost two games that felt completely out of the top 25 and regrouped in time in, in such an impressive way that it wound up finishing in the top 10 at the end of the season. So it, it's, it, it's to me, you can, any coach could take that season and point to it as, a, as a, an example of, of how to perform under pressure, how to perform under adversity and not to give up because you just never know what's going to happen, and that team embodied that in, in a huge way. Took a glance at some of the players who are coming back. 
and some of the stalwarts, especially on defense. Uh, I thought Tom Burke had one of the greatest seasons ever for a rush in. I think he wound up with, what, 28 uh, TFLs and or sacks that one season. And at earlier, 22, 22 sacks. This is incredible, right? At, earlier in the so, week. Well, when you look at... When you look at what the, what the what some of the numbers being put up right now, twenty two is 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 remarkable. And he was he was he was a dominant dominant player, unblockable, and, and just he, a, just he, a, a blast to watch. Now, I, I, earlier in the week, Tyreek celebrated a birthday, and Tyreek still is the all time leader in TFLs and sacks at Wisconsin. Burke is number two, but I I suggested that Salas really a Boza, or the Bozas are really Salas because. Tarek was built along the lines of both Joey and Nick Bosa, and then someone emailed me and said, "Well, wait a minute. You, then Tom Burke would have to be a Watt." Uh, I, I wasn't. That's not. I think, that's not bad, right? I mean, I I, I wasn't that's, trying to at all take away from Tom Burke in that one season we just talked about, but Salah just reminds me more of a Bosa, and I guess in some ways Burke is a Watt or was a Watt. Right? I, I would. I would. I would embrace those two comparisons. I really would. The one thing I remember about Tarek is he was uh, he had a nonstop motor. You you before, during, and after the game. Two two days after the game, his motor was still going, and and uh, what's well, still and going that now? He's absolute, still on scholarship. That's part of it. And he's he's uh, and that was one of the admirable things about him. And he set the tone. You had to you had to play up to his his uh, intensity level, and if you if you wanted to if you wanted to. If you didn't want to stand out in a bad way, and, and he was, the, I just think of all the guys on those teams that were so much fun to watch. What fun to watch? Whether it was Jamar Fletcher, whether it was Ron, whether it was uh, uh, Tom Burke. You know, both sides of the ball. There were there were just so many great. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps. You know all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Players on those teams that, uh, and uh, it's going to be fun to see a lot of those guys. It's going to be fun to, to talk about Oh yeah, what the, those two teams uh, meant to this program. Wendell Bryant's coming back too, but he had a big impact, right? We when we were talking defensive line play, Wendell Bryant, he was huge here, huge. He was huge, huge, huge Rose Bowl performance. Uh, again, you you think about the the time tells you how great teams are, and the further we get away from the those those moments of when those guys played, the more. You appreciate the numbers, the more you appreciate the achievements, the more you appreciate the people. Andy, thank you. We'll see you at Camp Randall on Saturday. All right, guys. Enjoy your days. Andy Baggett, uwbadgers.com. We'll talk with the voice of the Badgers, Matt LePay at 745. But when we come back, we'll be joined by the captain, Josh Gosser. He's next on Lucas in the Morning. These days of darkness.
I think we get better with him in the in the second half than what first half. We just we broke rules, and every time we broke a rule on either end of the floor, really, whether it's not blocking out, breaking a rule defensively, not chasing a screen, you know, he made us pay, or they made us pay. And like I said, that's the why you play these type of games early to really get tested. That would be Greg Gar talking a little bit about St. Mary's super point guard Jordan Ford. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning. Joining us now, the captain Josh Gosser. Good morning, Josh. Good morning. How you doing? Oh, well, doing a lot better now that I can hear you. We didn't. Have a <laughs> I real, right? We I didn't have a real good. Fo- yeah, we didn't have a good phone hookup on on Tuesday yeah. night, and I missed out on some of your comments. So let's go back to that game. Uh, we did, I guess, briefly talk about. Ford and just he reminded me of Marcus Howard um, and I think you pretty much agreed with me or not yeah absolutely I mean just his I mean he he has full control of that offense he has a ball in his hands making pretty much every decision and he should he's a, he's a heck of a player probably the best guard will play him and Marcus Howard and Cassius Winston all year long I mean he's a, he's a pro he can score he just knows how to put the ball in the hoop and he got going there for a few minutes there at the end of the first half. And when the best player on the floor is on the other team and is playing really well, it's hard to win. No, that's 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 very true. Now the Badgers survived, giving up an eighteen to one run in the first half to St. Mary's, and then got right back into the ball game. What are some of the things that you saw that you really liked? Yeah, I, I was actually really happy with the way we played, other than that that run. I mean, if you take that stretch away, we, we pretty much controlled the entire game and, and played pretty well. Uh, defensively, I thought we were really good um, other than that stretch. You know, we made it tough enough to drive. Even for Ford, he, he didn't get to the rim much. He didn't, um, you know, the other player had a couple of nice spin moves there to, to get to the rim. But otherwise, we did we did a pretty good job, uh, transition and, and everything. And, um, you know, I like that Nate Reaver stepped up. You know, Brad played well. You know, it, it's just for us. The hard part this year is going to be when we need a bucket in like an 18 to one run, like there was. Who do you go to? Who 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 is the guy that you're going to go to? And right now we don't know, and that's okay. But but eventually someone's got to step up and be the one to to stop the bleeding in some of those runs. No, I think it's yeah, that's a good point that you raise. Is is there any chance that you could do it by committee, or do you need that single player that you can always count on? Because this year there's been a lot of talk, Josh, as you well know about spacing the floor and having five shooters available at all times. Um, I don't know if, if that personality will emerge by the end of the season. Maybe you differ. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. I think it can be somewhat different every game. And, and kind, Honestly, this team kind of reminds me of, of my 2013-2014 team, the one that made the first Final Four in terms of when we started that season. You know, Frank Kaminsky wasn't Frank Kaminsky yet. Sam Decker was only a sophomore, wasn't quite himself. You know, Trey was kind of the point guard leader. I was, you know, a guy who made some shots. He had Ben Bruss. So we didn't really have one guy either at that time. But eventually throughout the season, you know, Trey emerged as the guy who was going to have his ball in his hands at the end of the shot clock, and Frank emerged as the best player on the team. So it kind of happened throughout the season, and I think that could occur this year too. You know, maybe Kobe steps up as the guy. Maybe Nate continues to take that leap. Um, Don't quite know yet, but it, it can happen. Let's be honest, Kobe had a rough opener, and he'd be the first one to, to admit as much. But that's going to be part of this process, isn't it? As he, he's being depended on a much more this year than he was last year. Yeah, no, and that's okay because we've got other guys. You know, it's not like he's our only guy we can go to. So it's okay for, for him to have an off night or for Brad or for Dimitri uh, or Nate, you know, because we've got other guys. It's just a matter of, 
you know, being more consistent and not doing it game after game. So it's okay if one or two guys is an off night on this team, I think. It's just a matter of can they do other things to help the team, you know, if they're struggling to score. Where have you seen Nate Reavers improve the most from one season to the next season to this season? Yeah, well, I think this year it's it's his aggression and his mindset. And I think you see that a lot with, with big men at Wisconsin. Once the guy in front of them, who's an upperclassman, leaves, the next guy just steps up. Not only from a, you know, obviously he's going to get bigger and stronger, maybe a little better, but it's really just the mindset and the attitude that, hey, I'm the guy, I'm going to start being more aggressive when I have an open three. You know, because last year he, he would get an open shot and you could tell he'd hesitate a little bit. He was kind of unsure if he should take it. Now when he gets it, he's looking to attack and score right away, which is, which is great to see because he's, he's a heck of a player. And honestly, I think he's, he's probably the best big man defender we've had in terms of altering and blocking shots when you compare him to a John Lure or Frank Kaminsky. I think he's he's probably better than both those guys. Right now, Badger fans are having a difficult time trying to visualize this team with a Micah Potter, uh, which apparently everybody's going to have to wait until December 20th for that to happen. You've seen Potter. <laughs> you, you, I mean, you've seen Potter. You know what he can bring. How does he change the dynamic when he's eligible to play? Yeah, and he, he first of all, he just looks the part. I mean, you, you're on the court with him. He looks like a Division One college basketball player. He's he's big. He's athletic. He can play, and he fits our system perfect. And I mean, if we had him against St. Mary's, there's no doubt he's worth a bucket, you know, to win us that game. Um, but otherwise, you know, just depth at the front court is what this team's missing. I mean, if Nate Reavers goes down with a with a tweaked ankle or foul trouble. Who do we go to? We're, we're, we almost might have to play zone because we just don't have the size to clean up the glass enough. So he'll, he'll provide us, you know, an extra possession or two with an offensive rebound. He'll be a presence in the post that, that right now this team doesn't have a physical body down low. So he's going to make us be much more versatile that way. Josh, one last thought. Uh, we've talked a lot about Nate Reavers. Well, his former prep teammate Tyler Wall is the only freshman in this class. Um, uh, he took a baby step. It just – uh, being in the rotation in that season opener, what, what's your anticipation or expectation for Tyler this year? I think Tyler's an awesome player. He just knows how to play the game. And he might not do anything super flashy this year or maybe early in the year, but he's just going to help your team win, and he's going to do multiple things uh, that maybe don't hit the stat sheet. Uh, and he's, just, I mean, first game to be on the road against the top 25 team. You know, when I was playing, my first game was against Prairie View A&M. So it wasn't quite St. Mary's on the road. Uh, so he, he had a tough, tough first game in terms of the environment and the team they were playing against. And I think he handled himself pretty well. And, and he's really got all the tools to help his team because um, he can play every position on the floor. And he can handle the ball. He can shoot it. He can drive it. So he's going to be a really nice addition this year. And then moving forward, I mean, I think we're really going to like him uh, in red and white. Hey, Josh, thanks for joining us this morning. We'll talk at halftime tonight. Yeah, thanks again. Josh Gosser, the captain. When we come back, we'll be joined by the voice of the Badgers, Matt LePay. He's next on Lucas in the Morning. I don't know any guy at this level who... It doesn't sting, it doesn't hurt when you take a loss. Um, but the good thing about this team is that we understand and we know that these next games are Big Ten West games. So critical point in time, you know, we got to use those losses to, to motivate us because we understand that there's opportunity out there 
But to get to those opportunities, you got to win the West, which starts with Iowa. Wisconsin tailback, Jonathan Taylor. Matt LaPay, our Badger Insider, is brought to you by Middleton Ford. If you don't see the Middleton Ford logo, you pay <clears> too much. MiddletonFord.net. Good morning, Matt. How are you? Good morning. How's it going? All right, before we talk about Badgers and Hawkeyes, breaking news, Chase Young will not play for the Buckeyes against Maryland as the school looks into quote-unquote possible NC2A issues from 2018. End of quote. My first thought was load management, that they're not going to play him against Maryland or Rutgers <laughs> next week. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was thinking this is going to be a two-game suspension because of who they're playing yes. this week and next. Yeah, that, that is my call, call of cynics. But that's the first thing that came to mind. And the other thing, I guess, more seriously, is here's the, here's the first real piece of drama for the new head coach. Um, they have probably 10 other pros on the defense, and they're at least not counting their backups. Um, but you're talking about one of the best players in the country. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you've got, so you have a little drama for what really is the first time all season for Ryan Day. Very curious to how they handle that. But I still reiterate, Play as you said, they're playing Maryland and Rutgers. Anticipate a two game sit down, and then he'll be back. Yeah, where was the reveal two weeks ago, right? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That's what I'm talking about. All right, <laughs> of course, it of course, it worked out that way. Always, now, I mean, he's obviously the number one pass rusher in the country, but the Badgers are facing some, they're going to face some pretty good pass rushers uh, on Saturday, aren't they? Yeah, they are with A.J. Epinesa and then Chauncey Golston. Epinesa's, if you just look at the statistics, they're down a little bit from a year ago, but I think some people would tell you he's become even a better all-around player. And his individual statistics, whatever, their defense is really good. They they only give up, but it's not even 90 yards a game on the ground. It was interesting. I talked to Jonathan Taylor early in the week, and I, I asked him what jumped out to him playing uh, playing Iowa last year and he mentioned how well the safeties come up against the run the run fits and I don't know how many running backs mentioned the safeties right away um, but he he was really impressed with how they get up and, and get into you in the in the running game so I mean obviously if you're Kirk Ferentz or you're the, the DC Phil Parker you want those linebackers to be clean but this is a team that obviously has been tough to run against offensively they've struggled uh, but Defensively, they have made opposing offenses struggle pretty much all year. I kind of get it with with Jonathan because when he's struggled or the offense has struggled to get him some open field, it's been teams like Northwestern that come downhill with their safeties and just choke it off, right? So they they have to find a way to get him in space again. Yeah, and then find a way to, to get a couple things done in the, in the passing game too, and it starts with protection. Uh, you know, the offensive line, tight ends, running backs, try to give Jack a, a fighting chance to get the ball out of his hands at the right time. I mean, you look you look back at the Ohio State game and, you know, another half a second here, half a second there, and then they might get some big plays. I know that doesn't matter to anybody or well, most people listening, but they, they have to find a way to clean that up enough to give Jack an opportunity. Because if all you're doing is running against teams like this, it's going to be hard again. Um, it seems like every week they're playing a good defense, but right now with Iowa, they're ranked very high nationally, much like Wisconsin's defense is. Two other topics I want to touch with you. Number one, big reunion weekend in Madison for the 98-99 Badger football team. But besides the Ron Dane you know, game against Iowa, what stands out about that group of players, those two teams? I think the way they, the, especially the 99 team, because there was – 
at least around here, there was a fair amount of hype. I don't, they weren't the preseason favorite if you took a poll of the region or nationally. Uh, but around here, the feeling was the team was going to be pretty good, and they were 2-2. Two and two. They had lost at, uh, to a not very good Cincinnati team, lost to Michigan where Ron was shut out. He had no rushing yards in the second half, and they're down 17 at Ohio State. So, you know, I'm thinking the wheels are falling off on this season. And the way they scored the next 42 points in that game and turned everything around, never lost again with Brooks Bollinger, the quarterback. I think that opened up some opportunities maybe for Ron and a great offensive line. But the way they kind of came off the canvas when it looked like the season was destined to be really disappointing, it turned out to be a team that at the end of the season was playing as well as anyone in the country. Final thoughts, uh, fans who are attending tonight's game between Wisconsin and Eastern Illinois at the Kohl Center encouraged to get there a little bit early. At 6.45, there will be a special presentation to kind of honor the Howard Moore family. I know you did some of the voiceovers. It had to be emotional for you. Uh, yeah, it, it was. I think it's going to be, uh, I think Orlando Tucker has talked about it. It's going to be, it's going to be okay to shed a tear here tonight. Um, I think so many people, uh, even if you don't know Howard personally, you know of him. If you follow this program and you know what, what he means, uh, as a person, as a coach, as a mentor, and it just, I mean, to say the least, it's just a reminder of how, unfair life can be but i think i really applaud the the, the program for taking a few minutes tonight and and keeping howard in your thoughts and prayers as as he continues to fight um but yeah it's uh it's just not it's so hard to talk about it mike as you know but i I really appreciate the fact that greg guard and and everybody connected is giving the fans of the cole center tonight uh, a few minutes to just be reminded to keep him in your thoughts and thoughts and prayers as he continues his recovery. 645. Thanks, Matt. We'll see you tonight at the Cole Center. Sounds good. Matt LePay, the voice of the Badgers. Last call next, Lucas in the morning. Welcome back to Lucas in the morning. Last call. Last call. I think you really have to be addicted to gambling to be in a casino this early in the morning, which is where we find Mike Heller. Good morning. How you doing? I was, uh, actually, the, the addiction part was being in here late last night. Uh, well, you haven't with, gone home yet? No, we did. We we walked next door to the hotel late last night. I'm, oh, I get it. it. What? We're, they, they've got a sports book here. So th- that's the reason we're here. So sports gambling is legal in Iowa, and Q Casino has that uh, they got a sports book so we were here last night listen I, I won money on the second half of the chargers raiders game last night how about no. that no what did you bet i bet uh that second half only points that the chargers were getting a half and i won by a point on the mix missed extra point wow. how about that did, yeah. you, did you bet on Alec Ingle scoring his first career touchdown? I bet on the over uh, on on sportsmanlike penalties at one and a half, and he got two. Yeah, so I won that. Did he get two? I, I saw one. I didn't know he, he got, got two. He got a couple. Well, he made up for it, man. He got <laughs> That's a, right. a lot of, of airtime. That's what you want to do on a Thursday night game. You want to make sure people around the country see that you're playing for somebody, right? Right. And then uh, later on, your buddy boy is going to join us. Uh, I know Golf? you talked to him earlier your, this oh, week. Oh, yeah, buddy boy. Yeah, d- the mayor of. 
Dubuque. Oh, no question. No question. So how are you betting on the Badgers and the Hawkeyes? Who said I I can't bet on that game? Oh, okay. Well, you tell us later what you're doing, all right? (laughs) Thanks, Mike. I'll let you know. All right. Thanks for listening to Lucas in the Morning. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.